This whole thing is so well designed to keep us down, to keep us separate, to not have us come together. And I, it was such a clear moment. I'm like, this is the breakthrough idea. Women coming together, women and non-binary folk coming together, all those that have been pushed to the margins, which is the vast majority of the population, coming together and saying, this isn't right, we need more equitable systems. When we decide that that is, we're worth it, um, and we'll just take down these systems, it's, it's gonna happen. We can see it right now, that COVID has just pulled back the curtains on all of the systemic racism, the systemic barriers that are out there, the inequality has gone off the charts. Humanity's waking up. And as we do, we're going to understand that caring for one another is the thing we've been missing. This is the podcast, Creative at the Wheel, and I'm Julie Clare. As a transformational life coach and creativity guide, my life's work is helping people reshape their lives from the inside out. Here, I have deep dive conversations with luminaries who share about their own transformational journeys and how they became soul-sourced and creatively juiced. May their stories uplift and embolden all of us. Let's jump in. Today, my guest is Vicki Saunders. Vicki Saunders is an entrepreneur, award-winning mentor, advisor to the next generation of change makers, and leading advocate for entrepreneurship as a way of creating positive transformation in the world. Serious, seriously, everybody. Vicki is the founder of Radical Generosity and CEO, a global community of radically generous women supporting women-led ventures working on the world's to-do list. Vicki has co-founded and run ventures in Europe, Toronto, and Silicon Valley, and taken a company public on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Um, she's won all kinds of awards, but what I'd like to share with you is that I know Vicki because I'm actively involved in the CEO community she founded as an activator. And I find ongoing, repeated inspiration, support, and creative ignition for my own work and everything I do in the world by being involved in this community. And I've never seen a leader and a team work together as she's gathered this team with such, in my words, I would say feminine power, authentic self, heart, and vision. Um, it's a dream of mine to spend this time with Vicki and she's graciously, graciously accepted. So welcome in Vicki. Oh, thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here and talk to you. Thank you. Where I've, I've got so many questions and I'm just going to jump right in with the first one, which is, I just see where I wanted to start was really tell me what it is to be with CEO right now in the world. I just want to give people a sense of what's going in the world, the way it is right now. And here we are, even in all the you know, uh, pandemic craziness, but w what's it like? What's it like at CEO right now? Tell us a little bit about it. Well, I just got the goosebumps when you asked, no one's ever asked me that question. Beautiful. So, uh, yeah. So the, the thing that comes up for me is just gratitude through my whole body. It is first of all, such a challenging moment for humanity. The, the distraction culture of social media popping us from one thing to the next, the concurrent crazy crises, coming at us, the worry about the future of humanity, the concern for our children, the inequality that's growing, all of the things um, can be incredibly overwhelming, especially if you're isolated as an individual. And I'm in my 50s. I grew up in a world that conditioned me to do things alone, to not ask for help from others. And um, I have been unraveling 
that conditioning over the past 40 something years uh, to be able to receive the power of the CEO community and the power of this idea. I mean, we are, as you mentioned earlier, a group of people practicing radical generosity together, coming in with the belief that there's enough for everyone. And we just have to shift our systems and our ways of distributing all of the gifts that we have so that they can be received by people who need them most. And so every day at CEO is this, <laughs> I just got off a community call in Canada where um, we went into these you know, random breakout rooms, you click the button and you get into one-on-one -on -one with somebody and you know, you're magically in a room with somebody, exactly what you need <laughs> to get the support that you're looking for. And then we come back into the circle and people share, I can't believe I got matched with a person who had exactly what I needed one after the other. And it's this awakening in all of us that we are constantly surrounded by people who have gifts to give and we're not designed as a society or in our organizational capacities, we're not designed in a way for us to find the others so that we can give what we're great at. And so to be at CEO, this redesigned process of sharing gifts at this moment in time when we really desperately need each other, we need the hope, we need the meaning, we are all working on the world's to-do list. It's a it's an incredible, uplifting space that gives me hope every day, despite all of the negative crap all around us. It's so beautiful. Do, how did you get the um, radical generosity? When I first was exposed to CEO, believe it or not, was, I don't know exactly when, but it was at a conference in Denver, a women's conference. Mm -hmm. And I, I walked, it was Emerging Women, actually. And it was like yeah. five, six years ago. I walked into a room not knowing what to expect. And uh, it was not a lecture. It was not a PowerPoint. It was women. We were all standing in this big circle. And you talked a lot about what you just spoke to, radical generosity and the need for people sharing gifts. And I'll just, just want to thank you for that moment because I, mm. I still have tears when I think about it because you started saying, yeah. what do you need? And what do people have that they're, that they have to give freely without being stressing them out? So I want to ask you, where did this, where did this get born? Radical generosity to the point that you could bring it out as a primary unifying force of a business uh, like CEO. How yeah. It's kind of, it, it's been a series of discoveries and ahas <laughs> along the way. Uh, so the concept of radical generosity really came from this place of, uh, from the question that I was asking myself, which is, how do you create the conditions for people to thrive? How do you create the conditions for people to be free and uh, to give what they're here to give? This is something I've been obsessed with ever since I uh, had this experience in Prague right after the wall fell down, where... I mean, it was just such a wild thing for people who don't know that there was a wall. Oh, I'd love to hear <laughs> the story. Absolutely. Yeah. Please. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when, when the Berlin wall, when the wall came down in Berlin, um, I happened to be in Paris at the time and I got on a train and I went over, uh, I got on a train immediately and went over to Prague and went up and down through Eastern Europe and was just so excited by the possibilities. But I rooted myself in Prague uh, and I remember standing in the square with hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, every day was just this electricity. One day there's a tank in your country and you're not free. And the next day the tank drives away and everybody in society flips a switch. Now that I'm free, who am I going to be? Now that I'm free, what am I going to do? Every conversation in cafes, bars. And I thought, oh my God, I'm free too. <laughs> what am I going to do? And it was this 
unraveling of all this conditioning I had about who I was supposed to be, what job I was supposed to get, who I was supposed to hang out with, how much I should be paid, all these layers of societal expectations on me flushed off me in an instant. And it was completely overwhelming. And I started a business there, started lots of other businesses, got my friends to start businesses. And then one day somebody asked me, why are you doing all of this here instead of in your own country? And it was this fundamental question that I've been sort of seeking and playing with and experimenting with ever since, which is how do you create the conditions for people to wake up and realize they're free? We can do things differently. And that, so that feeling was one thing. And then I grew up in a very special environment on a farm, uh, very rooted in community. And my mother is like the definition, was the definition of radical generosity. She just such a giving person. And so I grew up in the spirit of this, where there was enough for everyone, where in farm life, when things go bad for someone, you have a work party and you go help them with whatever they need. So I'd had the experience of this. And so between Prague, between my upbringing, uh, and then my own personal experience in business, which was a very toxic, hard one as a woman in tech, uh, as a woman period in business, where you're constantly getting poked at for what's not right about you. I was like, if you were starting over again and creating the conditions for people to really thrive, um, what would the values basis be underneath it all? And it wouldn't be like wanting one-upping each other to win, winner takes all, like we're sitting in. It would be this place of like, if you were surrounded by radically generous people, how would you act? What would you do differently? And for me, I just, I can feel it through my whole body. I would be bolder. I would throw out ideas and not be so precious about them. I wouldn't worry about being perfect, all the stuff that we're conditioned to do. So radical generosity came from that. Like imagine if we were surrounded by radically generous people, how would we show up in the world as beings? And then to your... um, this iconic component of CEO, the ask give process, which we build into every call, every interaction that did not come initially with the design that got sort of birthed through me. (laughs) Um, It came from, it was at emerging women when I think I did this for the very first time. So uh, I, I just like, there's, everyone has like, whatever you need is around you and you just need to ask this concept, this insight. And then I, I asked the room, how many people, would give something to someone if they asked right now, like how many people would help? And the room always, all the hands go up. And then I would ask how many people like asking for help? (laughs) And then maybe three hands would go up in a room of a thousand. And I said, look at that, right? By not asking, we are robbing all of those people, the people that are sitting all around you that want to help. If we don't ask, they can't give what they have. That's the whole point of humanity, isn't it? And so then how do we you know, unravel and decondition ourselves from this place where, you know, we have a story in our head that we're supposed to do it ourselves. And, you know, Vicki offered her community, but she doesn't really mean it. She's too busy. I'm sure it would really be bothersome. But like, what if it wasn't? What if it actually fed my soul to use my connections to support you? Because it does. And so we just have to decondition ourselves. And so this became a really big component of what we're doing at CEO, practicing, asking, and giving all the time, the concept of reciprocity. You know, just in my participation with Shio, what you just spoke about, I, you know, I get into my, uh, what you said is limited thinking, right? But this, these thoughts mm-hmm. of like, oh, I don't have anything to give. I don't have anything to do with yeah. banking. I'm a, you know, a transformational coach. I'm a, an artist, a creative. How can I, 
And I just, I just watch that stuff go by. I'm like, oh, come on. The spirit of this is so much bigger than that. It helps me just drop out of that. And I just wait for a moment and I go, oh, well, I've got this. You know, it's not all the time because sometimes funding is needed. Uh, but so I just want to tell you, it, it's, it, it is like learning. It, it, this part for me is like learning another way of being not so um, self-deprecating about, oh, I don't have anything to give here. It's crazy. It's crazy. So I'm just wondering these conditioning layers of conditioning we have, because I'm, I'm living pretty boldly out in the world and I have all this stuff coming through me on these calls. <laughs> I'm thinking, yes. how do we get, you know, and I'm here working with others on this very stuff personally and in groups and, but how do we, you had this moment and this background, right? With your family and there you were in mm -hmm. Prague and you were, you had this kind of born again moment, right? Mm -hmm. I really see the, uh, what about all these layers of conditioning? How much of that do you see it still in the way of people who manage to get to CEO, who apply as ventures, who have something, they've got a business, they, they need, you know, support, traction, financial, they need to be able to, to really move with it. Um, how do you, how do you see that CEO is able to help the, the conditioning that keeps sneaking in? Yeah, well, this is why I label it a practice, right? Yeah. So it is a practice. It, there's so many fundamental layers of this. You know, I this this insight that I had is really a, this is all about me. I hate asking for help. <laughs> I really do. Seriously? And I thought, oh yeah, oh my god. Um, of course, you know, I it's something that I've had to really, really work on, right? I, so, you know, number one thing I really don't like asking for is money. Uh, I've had to do a lot of unraveling with that. And so what did I do? I created an organization where I have to go ask people for money all the time <laughs> to become an activator. I, I am not lost on the irony of the universe. Thank you very much. Good, good job. Um, so I, I think that's part of it. The, the other thing is to just normalize. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do this. There's lots of voices in our head. We've been conditioned to think that we don't matter. We should know how to do this. We're not worthy. She's too busy. All the limited thinking you talk about. And to just go, oh, isn't that interesting? I'm feeling that thing again. Okay. And then go ask <laughs> because it's a really safe space and you're surrounded by people who want to help. Uh, and this con it's a constant reminder. So it is a lot of work. And, uh, you know, I think what I've witnessed, even we were talking about this on our team pretty recently, uh, one of our <laughs> team members who runs all these calls said, you know, I was sitting there thinking, oh, I have to figure out this thing about the U.S. and my taxes and what I'm going to do. She said, I just got so stuck. I'm like, how am I going to get this done? And then she says, oh my gosh, I could ask the community. <laughs> right? And then she just starts laughing to herself. Like here I am telling all these people everything every week that you just need to ask. It's all here. And I forgot myself. Right. It's, so it's, it's, it's something that we just have to smile about and go, this has been designed and conditioned into us to keep us small. And I choose not to do that today. I choose to be who I am and I choose to step into that. And it takes a lot of courage. It, ta it's quite, it takes some bravery to be in this community, but the payoff's huge. Um, and the reminder to self that uh, giving, in fact, fills our souls. Uh, I mean, it just, at the end of the day, when I know that I've given a lot, I feel awesome. I feel awesome. Uh, and it's it just at a moment in time where we just feel like it, it's just really hard to make an impact on the big challenges we face. These things uh, are really the juice of life. They're so powerful. Do you have um, a story or a sense of uh, one of the ventures that's currently being funded with CEO? Um, 
can you share even just one of the stories about how through asking and getting help? Um, I mean, I know you, you're, mm-hmm. there's thousands of them at this point, probably, yeah. but I'd love for people to hear this because it's so unusual um, how people are getting help with the community. Say the activators, people giving the money to these ventures that have this business, they want to um, yeah. yeah, be more successful. Yeah. Sure. I mean, there's any number on any given day. Uh, so I'll just go into the last half hour yeah. <laughs> or so. Exactly. So I was on a Canada call, uh, as I mentioned, and the venture, Chenny from uh, gotcare.ca, home healthcare innovation, really brilliant. She said, Janaki on the CEO team reminded me to ask you if you know anybody in this new government program that just launched about modernizing home healthcare. And I said, actually, yesterday, one of our activators told me that she is the new agent general for Ontario going to London, England. And she's super connected into the government and into this space. So let me introduce you to. And she's like, oh my God, you always have one of these stories. And I said, I really do. I feel like I'm a portal for these connections. First of all, I am a super connector. It's one of my master, it's my mastery. And so I often, I'm constantly reminding ventures to please give me a quick update on what's going on. Put it in your calendar. Send me a text, less than a paragraph on what's going on. And if you haven't asked, that's fine. But if you don't, that's fine too. Just share what's happening. Because there's all this energy and all of these connections rolling by me every single day. And if you're top of mind, I'm going to be able to storytell what's going on with you to somebody. And it's going to create energy coming towards your business. And it's all helpful. The more we know each other, the more we share what's going on, the more we can be helpful. And the more you keep things to yourself, it's obviously you feel alone and then you feel like nobody's helping you. And then you're like, I don't have any resources and you live in scarcity. But when you start to even just share what you're doing out loud, you don't even have to have an ask, just share what's happening. That starts to give people entry points into supporting you that you may not even notice yourself. You know, one thing that strikes me seriously is how this conversation could be being had slightly different language in a spiritual conversation. Oh yeah. Well, that's you know, very I mean, connected. What, yeah. I know. So I'm just asking because I have, I've, yeah. So my background is, a, and, and I, I, it's like, I just sometimes I'm dumbfounded by how this conversation is happening through nuts and bolts businesses. Yes, they're um, working with the world's to-do list. So um, mm-hmm. they are social entrepreneurs. They're, they have a, there's a mission and a calling and a personal need, you know, desire and need. But how is it, how, I mean, what, how spiritual <laughs> is this? Do you know what I mean? How concrete, because you, you come across, you're so concrete, you're obviously brilliant, you're smart, it's boom, 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 and it's being out in the world, right? But it's it's so deeply personal. It's so deeply, how can I share myself? How can I stop hiding myself? How can I stop mm. thinking thinking myself into difference and isolation? How can I belong? How can I be part of a whole? I mean, it goes right into kind of what a lot of spiritual practices are helping us do and dissolve all these, you know, the conditioning. So how do you relate to spirituality? You know, I really just think that, you know, business is the container that I have selected to create my impact in the world. But, Mm -hmm. you know, CEO is really about transformation. The whole thing is about transformation. We're a brand uh, that is centered around transformation. 
So yes, we, you know, you could argue, you would come to these things. We're talking about shifting your mindset. We're talking about understanding systems, learning about the world's to-do list and learning about how to use our money to create the kind of world we want to. It's rooted in a lot of practicality, but the essence is who do we want to be in the world? How do we want to be together in the world? And that transformation starts at, with you. You have everything you need to create the kind of change and to create the kind of world you want. And so for me, it's it's very much centered on that because that's the work. Every single day our team is transforming. It is hard. It's hard to ask for what you want. It's hard to believe that we could create the work environment that suits you. I have a, a person on our team who asked in, I think it was in June last year, this year, uh, and said, I'd really like to take off a month to just breathe. Uh, and I just, I really need to just integrate all the things that are going on. And so I'd really like to take off a month. And I'm like, okay, pause. And she said, so can I take off a month? And I said, I don't know. Can you take off a month? <laughs> She's like, oh, it's so hard talking to you, Vicki. Um, but part of the thing is I'm like, what, what do you want? What are your boundaries for you? How do you want to show up in the world? What do you need in order to thrive? And these things are like, it's not a, we don't have a business rule for that at CEO. We only create structure if we have to have structure. The rest of it is, what do you need on your own terms? And so I think it is a deeply spiritual piece because I think being human is deeply spiritual. And that's at the root of absolutely everything. In our coaching at CEO for the ventures, mm -hmm. we have three components, I, we, and it. So who are you? What do you need? What are your motivations? What moves you? Why are you here on this planet to do, like, what is this work about for you? And then we, what do you need to surround yourself with so that you can create the conditions for you to achieve that? And then it, what's the strategy for the business to achieve these things? It's all, it's completely holistic and rooted. It's not like you can separate yourself from the business. You are it, you're in it. Right. And, you know, how about, you know, this idea of, well, how did you get, um, how did you get so emboldened? Would you say not to, you know, to me, I think of small and I think of big and I think of taking of our own individual financial needs. How do I pay uh, the rent, mortgage, whatever? How do I get month to month? How soon in your life as an entrepreneur were you out of that cycle? Were you not actually, or is it always something as a visionary you always just kind of had in you? You just weren't staying in the month to month picture. I mean, when did that thinking systems, in other words, thinking, looking at possibilities, yeah. doing the next business, meeting that, you know, where did that start for you? Or was it always there? So from as far back as I can remember, I wanted to have a, I knew I was here to have a big impact on the world, whatever that is. I just, I felt the weight of the world on my shoulder. And I, I, there was something that I was sensing in my body that I just didn't know what it was. And I remember as, looking around as me, a kid, Vicky. Yeah. As a kid. Yeah, yeah. When I was young, I was just like, I know I'm here to do something. There's a thing. What is it? <laughs> and I would look around me uh, and my parents were teachers uh, and did the farm stuff on the side and all of their friends were teachers. And I, I couldn't see something in the world that felt like that's me. And so I remember talking to my uncle who had traveled all over the world, really fascinating soul, very uh, like exotic from the upbringing that I had. And I asked him, you know, like, what should I do? <laughs> I'm stuck. And he said, just write down a whole list of things that you want to, you think you might want to do and be, and then just start striking them off, try things. 
And so I did that and I made a big list and I went on the journey and I was, you know, I grew up in a place where failure wasn't, I mean, it was okay to try things and they don't work out. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't worry about not doing that. And my parents were quite entrepreneurial. So I had that in me already, but we didn't talk about being an entrepreneur back then. It was not cool to be an entrepreneur. That was a thing that people did when they couldn't get a job. And so I never thought of being an entrepreneur. And it was really when Prague kind of woke me up to all of that. So I think those were some of the pieces along the way. And then um, this peeling back, because I want to have a big impact and because business systems didn't make sense to me and why can't we do good and make money at the same time? Why can't we treat employees really well? Why can't we have flex workplaces? I just built up this muscle of, well, why not? And flipping it. So, well, you can't do it that way. Well, what if you could? And so I, I'm extremely creative. And when I, so constraints have really helped me to build the muscle of finding ways around it, which is what led to CEO. Like I just, I have seen all the bugs in the system. I've had every kind of funding there is. Uh, I think all of our systems are totally broken for where we need to go. We have to rethink literally every part of society And, uh, but you can't, like, you have to get underneath your conditioning to rethink things, right? You have to get to the purity of essence. And I spent a ton of time, like one of the big teachers for me was my mom and her friends. I spent a lot of time with them, these elders um, who were just no BS, very centered in who they were, um, ruthlessly honest (laughs) Mm -hmm. about what matters in life and really values oriented. And so that really stuck with me. And when I saw, you know, how the people in their lives thrived, it came from this place of deep, deep, deep love, deep caring for one another. And that um, being loving was not a weakness. It's literally the strength. We are taught the opposite of what it is. And so bringing love into business, I understood how radical that was as a concept, but now we're hearing it everywhere. And when you say we're hearing it everywhere, where are you hearing it? (laughs) In my bubble. (laughs) Oh, in your bubble? Yeah. Because that was one of my questions for you is how much has the world changed even in the last, say, six, seven years? You know, how, how, what are you seeing? This love and business. Yeah. Yeah. So in our first uh, Australian retreat with our ventures, one of the ventures, Yaz, said, love is the new disruptor in business. That was her opening line. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's incredible. Uh, There's a woman named Tina Roth Eisenberg who runs an organization called Creative Mornings that operates monthly events in 278 cities around the world. She has a huge network, 500,000 amazing creatives around the world. And she talks about love as being the core of her business uh, and generosity. I have to look more into her stuff because I phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Swiss miss Swiss miss is her handle. She's uh, Swiss and lives in the U S so Tina uh, was like, is one of the peeps I've been finding them because we're showing up for each other uh, to reboot what it means to be in business together. So I think there are a few things like that around. Um, I mean, look, I grew up in a family full of boys in a super testosterone filled world and I'm super comfortable hanging out with the dudes (laughs) And uh, I've had to heal my feminine side hugely to be able to receive CEO. I never wanted to do anything woman only ever because I was conditioned that anything woman only doesn't get valued in society. And I want it to be a success. Yeah. When did that start? When did you start putting it in the women? Yeah. Well, literally not until I was 50. 
Wow. Seriously, it's, it's a new thing. Uh, so I took a company public because I wanted to be successful. It was not the right thing to do. And I got booted out of that pretty quickly uh, because my board full of men were like, we don't like how you lead. Serious? Soft. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I've had all the cuts and bruises from being myself. And so, uh-huh. you know, and then I just kept putting my head down and going, no, I feel right. And it wasn't until I turned 50 that I just was like, this whole thing is so well designed to keep us down, to keep us separate, to not have us come together. And I, it was such a clear moment. I'm like, this is the breakthrough idea. Women coming together, women and non-binary folk coming together, all those that have been pushed to the margins, which is the vast majority of the population, coming together and saying, this isn't right. We need more equitable systems. When we decide that that is, we're worth it. Um, and we'll just take down these systems. It's it's going to happen. We can see it right now. That COVID has just pulled back the curtains on all of the systemic racism, the systemic barriers that are out there. The inequality has gone off the charts. Humanity's waking up, and as we do, we're going to understand that caring for one another is the thing we've been missing. It's not about self-interest. Adam Smith was wrong 400 years ago, and we decided to take this path. And think, you know, all humans are self-interested. It's not true. It's a lie. And it's a trap. And there's a new book out called The Dawn of Humanity, which tells the actual story of what we've been like in civilizations in the past. And this way that we're in right now is not the only way. There have been thousands of other ways that societies have organized in scale, at scale. This inequality, bureaucracy, hierarchy thing that we've got going on is not the only way. So as we wake up to that, we're going to really see that there's enough for everyone and caring for everyone is the answer for a beautiful, sustainable world. I could listen to you all day. And I I mean it, This, how much hope do you have, Vicki, because of the broken systems, because of how unequal things are going, because of the um, you know, the polarities, the, the rich and the poor and all this, how, how much hope do you have with this understanding of history also that this is kind of a... Yeah, we're just at a moment in time, we're at the end of a cycle. And it feels like it's getting worse. But you know, this binary of is it getting better? or Is it getting worse? Yes. Right? We've got all the things together. And it is becoming increasingly clear to everyone that this is not the answer. And that the big challenge we have right now is to start to exercise our collective imagination. We need to get into our imagination and start dreaming about what a per, like a world would look like that cares for all. What kind of world do we wanna create? We have enough money, we have enough resources for all of us to live peacefully. How do we wanna design that? What is it that we wanna do? And so SHEEO for me is an experiment and a shared project of sharing our resources, prioritizing where they go to the highest and best use for the big challenges we're facing in the world. And then all of us sharing whatever gifts we have to make those dreams come true. And as we experience another way of doing things and another way of being in community, we start to unlock our brains to what else could I be rethinking? Wow, I just like you're upgrading your story about what's possible. I, I never thought it would be possible to be in a community of people where everyone was sharing what they had uh, and gifting their gifts to each other uh, and caring for each other and sending, I mean, well, like, say at the end of our calls, love you. I never would have said that 10 years ago, ever. It's like a super uncomfortable, what? 
<laughs> what is this soft, weird place? You know, the soft, weird place is the delight of being humans. How are what? we going to survive on this planet without that kind of love? It's the only way to survive. How are you with the word feminine power for that? Sure. Whatever yeah. you like. Whatever yeah. you like. What's what's helped you the most be, on, be with this, you know, this soft, uh, caring I have, place? Well, I have been told that I have softened up an awful lot since I started GEO. Uh, it, one of, a, actually a shaman from New Zealand said to me, do you realize how much you've changed? <laughs> oh. And I said, yeah, I really do. I really do. It's uh, I. I remember this moment in our first year. I always get a little bit um, verklempt when I think about it. But I was I was in a room with a couple thousand women in Toronto at some event, and I was going from table to table, and women were taking me across the room, and saying, "Oh, have you met Vicky? She started CEO. Vicky, tell them what it is." And they'd be like, oh, that's really cool. And then another woman, another activator would take me to another table. And I was sort of passed around the room, this room full of women. And I remember going home and crying, sobbing at the end of the night um, for just being accepted by everybody for who I was for the first time in my life, for people believing that we could do this together in a different way. Because I'd spent so much time in this world being told what was wrong with me. I had just like thousands and thousands of comments from people over the years saying, oh, that's a crazy idea. That'll never work. That's not how business operates. Like on and on and on with every idea that I had. I was always very much out on the edges um, and not accepted in um, for the vision that I had. And uh, this felt, CEO felt like, oh, I'm healing all of that stuff. So every day it's why I cry so much. <laughs> Is because I, I say to the ventures, I, I really feel like you're healing my younger self. All those times when people said, no, that's not a good idea. I get to say to people, I love your idea. How can I support you? It's healing me every day. And we get to heal each other in this community. I hear it. I hear part of what, when you said it a minute ago, that you created CEO, which kind of almost demands you soften and warm, right? You've created your own container to for your own transformation. Yeah. Like it's, it's not separate. Yeah. Um, I, I hear it. I see it. And I know it uh, myself um, in this community, but how I also do that with myself that I often work exactly in the places I know I really want to change in and uh, continue to grow in uh, the, there's a statement that you said, and you were just talking about it. And I was kind of blown away still am in this moment about it. You said, I heard you say somewhere uh, dreaming is a muscle. And when you were just speaking to that right then, like we've got to be able to collectively reimagine, we've got to be able to put caring right back. Like it's not about, uh, it's all just about our personal interests. Like there's something else in us that's so big and wants, wants this room, right? So dreaming uh, as a muscle, how, anything, anything you want to speak yeah, to that? Because I'm like, yeah. And sure. I think I need to practice. And sometimes I go, my God, what's your dream? And I'm like, well, I have lots of dreams, but not in the way that you're speaking. And I, and I do believe that CEO is helping me dream in another way. I really do. Yes. Uh, so I, I mean, I, what I've experienced around this is if anything was possible, dot, 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 what would you do? And the first time you sort of embrace that, and you go for it. I remember thinking, if anything was possible, hmm, I do a four-day work week. 
Okay. Now what? <laughs> That's <laughs> possible. Done. What else would you like to do? And so it's been a series of what will you give yourself permission to receive? And a lot of this stuff, the asking and giving, the real key thing here is receiving. People have, you know, Julie has invited me to this podcast. Am I willing to receive her gift of coming to this? Or do I push it away and go, oh, I'm not ready to do this yet. Uh, I need more practice before I can actually do podcasts. Could you receive that gift? And uh, a lot of the, the dreaming muscle is like, have a little experience of things can be a bit different for myself. It's a baby step kind of thing. And then you're like, oh, what else could I do? I did that. And now what else could I do? And my life has been a series of, you know, my vision is continuing to emerge out of me. I think I'm nowhere near my potential. I can't wait to see what's next. I step into my fears all the time to uh, imagine that, you know, I'm limiting myself. We're only limited by our imagination. And so this just starts small with the beginning of dreaming. And the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Uh, I have a manifesting wall. And I've been doing this for about uh, since 2002, I think was the first time I started doing this. My coach said, what are the 42 things you're willing to receive from the universe? And I'm like, 42, holy crap. That's a lot of things. <laughs> uh, lot and of things. I, yeah, and I started, but again, there's 42 is a special number. Go uh, Google it. Yeah. But I, you know, I started to play with that. And, and, you know, the first time I was like, I'd love to double my revenue. And then I did double my revenue, but I doubled my expenses <laughs> doing <laughs> the stuff that I needed to for that. So then I got more specific about my dreams and my manifesting. And I feel like I've, I've really built up the, mu the muscle of dreaming and manifesting. Uh, and it has, it's, again, everything is practice. You know, we talk about meditation. You're never there. You're, it's a practice. And same thing with dreaming, same thing with asking. Uh, a lot of our, our limitation stuff is, um, it's really just all about us doing the personal work. I agree. And when you say stepping into your fears, you're constantly required still continually oh, yeah. to step into your fears. <sighs> What, what is it, is it, um, when you do it, do you have certain people you reach out for support that, that, that help you, uh, you know, is it, um, just aware awareness that this is a path of stepping into your fears and getting the support where you need it? Is it, do oh, you yeah. have any, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know about you, but I feel it in my body instantly <laughs> right? yeah. when someone's like, do you want to do this? And I think, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> I do not want to do that. <laughs> um, but I, I generally walk into that stuff. So I, I did that this week. I made a big mountain out of a molehill. Uh, I keynoted the Asian gender smart conference with like the biggest VCs, venture capitalists in the area. And I'm like, I just want to disrupt VC and blow this whole thing up. I can't stand the financing model that's here. So I'm like, why am I going to go do this? But I did this because a friend asked me. And so it's often one of these things too, where I listen to what comes my way and I pay attention to it. So the very first time I said in 2003, I think I'd like to start meditating out loud to my husband. And about two weeks later, I got an email from somebody saying, come to this 10 day silent meditation retreat. <laughs> I still remember this and I didn't even Google what that meant. And I said, okay, the universe is calling. I need to do this. And so I went to this thing and then realized, oh, no phone, no eye contact, no reading, no writing, sitting for 14 hours a day. And I'd never meditated ever in my life. And I did that for 10 days in a row. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. So I thought after that, oh, I can do anything if I, so I, I often just say yes to things 
um, that scare me a little bit because I know there's a gift of learning out of it. Always. There's always something that blows my mind uh, that, that, that gets opened up as a pathway when I step into the things that I'm worried about or fearful of. And would you say, um, well, that's stepping into fear. What about mm-hmm. the sense of like balance, like how, mm-hmm. how to be quiet, introverted. I mean, where's your balance there? I mean, I hear, sure. you know, the yeah. manifesting, the worldly parts, the spirituality that is really the essence of all this work. I hasn't, it hasn't lost on me from the very beginning. I it just, cause I can feel it. I walk into the room and it's there, but what, um, what about this balance or your own creative that isn't um, necessarily work or public or business? Mm-hmm. What, how does that show up in your life with all this going on? I'm extremely careful about my energy. Uh, I have, I had a, uh, someone in our family had chronic fatigue syndrome mm-hmm. and I, I think it was in my twenties when that occurred and it had never occurred to me before that maybe we have limited amount of energy. Maybe there's something to manage here and pay attention to. And so I'm, I'm quite careful to not get blown out. Um, and you know, I'll, yesterday I earned on Tuesday, Monday night, I had a, this speech that I gave it. 10 o'clock at night. And then I didn't go to bed till two in the morning. Cause I was so buzzy from it. And then by the next afternoon I was shot. So I just canceled everything. I'm like, sorry, I can't do it. And I went to bed at two 30 in the afternoon. <laughs> right. So I'll, I'll do stuff like this all the time. Um, and I, yeah, there's, first of all, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm never going to get done what's on my plate. And I'm such a dreamer that I can always, I can create 14 new projects every day. So I know that I need to take care of myself around those things. And then we have built this into our um, culture at work. So we have for uh, every quarter we take off a week and it's like mandatory meeting moratorium. You can work if you want to, but it's suggested that you take off at least that week. And then we close the office for three weeks at Christmas. And then you can take vacation. Like someone on our team took another month on top of that. You can take vacation when you need to, to take care of yourself. And we created some of these structures in place because we all really, really love what we're doing. And we get positive feedback all day long at CEO. The feedback that comes in is really very wonderful. And it's kind of addictive to like be in this space and want to do more of it. And so we we have this kind of forced stop because you start to get on a bit of a wheel and you think um, that you're indispensable and you couldn't take a break but I remind everyone all the time, we're not doing crisis management here. (laughs) We're doing transformation, which needs space and breathing and reflection. And uh, so that's kind of built into our work. And then we really encourage people like, what are you noticing? What are your pain points? How do you take care of yourself more? Self-care is a really big deal. What kind of, how much time are you just at home, you know, unplugging or do you have your own creative? I think we talked once just briefly that you, you, you play with things as well that aren't um, as directed necessarily um, towards yes. the world, right? What is that? What is that I like d- for you? I draw. I draw out my days sometimes. So I just love creating these characters and use lots of color pencil pencils because just the coloring is really good for my mind. Um, big bold colors and just this repetitive action it makes me feel really calm. Uh, so that's something I do. I read a ton. I listen to podcasts. I just love synthesizing through and sensing what's happening in the world. That really fills me up. Uh, and, you know, the work that I do every day is quite effortless because I'm focused on what I'm amazing at, which is 
mostly making connections and sharing my experience with others and giving them permission to do things their way, reminding them that they can do things their way. And uh, so my work really, really does feed me. And uh, next year is year seven for CEO. Yep. And I am taking off six months next year. I'm taking a sabbatical and I'm just going to go do who knows what and play. So uh, that's another piece. So I, you know, I'm aware of, I could, I could just keep working and working and working because I don't really view it as work. It's my right. life's contribution. What, what is it when you came up with the, I'm going to take six months off. What was the mm-hmm. pushback internally or? Oh, nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Literally nothing. No. I mean, what would people ask? This is our team. Inside you, but even inside you. Did you say, oh, hey, no. so this, in, I think this, what you speak about the indispensability yeah. is ideal. I help people with this a lot, uh, myself included. It's amazing how quickly I can suddenly somehow miraculously become indispensable. It's like, wow, that is a, <laughs> that is a, an amazing creation, really. I made this thing, yeah. the structure, I have this class and all of a sudden people won't live if I take three weeks off. And, and, you know, I, yeah. I get it and I, I do it, but uh, do you internally, do you just laugh or do you go, no, I felt the call. This is time. This is it. This is my own practice of not being indispensable. So yes, it's definitely part of the practice. It's also, I know deep down that everyone on the team is incredible. And if I step away, everyone's going to pop a level in terms of leadership. They will fill in the gaps and they'll also prove to themselves that they can do this. And therefore, it's a gift to the team for me to step away. It's a gift to the community to create more space. Uh, The vacuum that gets created by me walking away gets to be filled by all of the energy that is out there in the community. And um, so that's part of the way I think about it. And uh, the other, you know, it's proving that to myself too, I guess, uh, underneath it, that this, this is solid enough. And... I'm very aware that CEO is currently sort of limited by, you know, people are like, what's the vision? What's next? And I'm like, I don't know. What is next? What would you like to be next? And so to to know that the life of what we're creating together in this community is really dependent on um, people stepping in and leading in the way that they would like to, to co-create whatever's coming next the more that I am sort of like an authority in this community, the harder that is because people say things like that. I'm like, I, I, I birthed this with all of us. Now what over to you, to the community. Uh, And it's that we know so much from um, the collective intelligence of the community is what will really make the world will, will change things. One person's vision only goes so far. Now it's like, okay, if everyone is adding in their special sauce here, what might we become? That's, that's the really exciting edge for what's next. I get it. And um, what's your sense of you're going to be taking, you know, next year, the, the six months off, do you have, um, I hear you don't know necessarily what's next, but are you, are you in on the, is this your place CEO? Are you thinking you might create other businesses that um, have your name on them as well? Are you, Oh, who knows? (laughs) Yeah, who knows? I have a few few other ideas of things that I uh, would like to spin off and whether they're very aligned with the work at GEO. So, you know, possibly that becomes a thing. Um, And I'm not going anywhere. Uh, You know, I'm in this community for as long as this community wants to exist. So I'll be here. And I don't know what I'm doing next year. My husband and I are having lots of fun dreaming. (laughs) 
Mm. <laughs> so you're like, what if we did this? And what about this? Should we go in January or should we wait till April? And what, you know, should we, go, should we do two months and then two months back and two months, like we're all over the place every day we change our minds. Uh, but I will uh, make a commitment to the team by January as to what that's going to look like. So they have clarity on what that's well, going to be. Thank you for spending this time with me, Vicki. I have uh, tons of other things I could ask you, but this, I just feel full up. Like I've been drinking from the well and really I would use the words abundance. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it just gives me this sense of um, a really the word awakening is when I uh, am in this conversation with you, because it does feel like, wow, this conditioning runs deep about how there's not enough, isn't it? There's this conditioning runs deep about how we have to put our focus over here when really what lights us up is over there. Um, And it seems like we're often think, well, either we're practical or we're spiritual. I mean, this, 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 the oddest, oddest thing we've got these big brains and, um, we're doing funny things with them. So thank you for coming on and sharing your light. And um, I can't wait till the next time. Thank you, Vicki. Thanks so much, Julie. Well, that's today's podcast of Creative at the Wheel. Before we go, I want to invite you to check out my ongoing Friday gathering, online gathering, The Creative Cure, where for 75 minutes each Friday, we follow our intuition and play with pen, paper, paint, whatever creative materials you have on hand as a way of coming back into alignment with life and the moment fully expressed. It's very healing and a whole lot of fun. You can also learn more about my one-on-one coaching on my website, paintbiglivebig.com. 